Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. For free resources and free messages, visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or call us for more information at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So, if you turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 27, good to be in the house of the Lord, good to be opening His Word, praying to Him, singing to Him, learning from Him. And here we are, Genesis 27. Let's uh, look to the Lord first in prayer. Father, thank You so much for being, Lord, a loving God who is also an instructing Father. And this morning, Lord, we come as Your children, wanting to be taught by our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, uh, Genesis chapter 27 here, we'll start uh, here in, uh, in, in verse 18, okay. And he came unto his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, who art thou, my son? Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn, I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit, and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? He said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether they be my very son Esau or not. Jacob went near unto Isaac his father. He felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And he said, Art thou my very son Esau? He said, I am. He said, bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venisons, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought him wine, and he drank. His father Isaac said unto him, come now near and kiss me, my son. He came near and kissed him, smelled the smell of his raiment, and he blessed him, and said, see, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven, and the fatness of the earth, and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee, nations bow down to thee, be Lord over thy brethren, and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. So far in our study in here in Genesis 27, we've come to the place of Isaac's blessing. And we've seen that leading up to this blessing that Rebekah was the mastermind of a terrible deception. And we've seen how her son Jacob, who was guided by his mother in this deception, and this great deception, which began in verse 6 with when Rebekah said, And Rebekah spake unto Jacob, her son, say, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, and then it went on from there. And so, you know, we take one step back and look at this scene, and what do we see? We see a mother, Rebekah, and her son, Jacob, and right away we say, well, that's a mother, that's a son, that's very special, a mother and her son. King Solomon wrote about how the, the mother and the son, the family, whole family should function when he wrote in Proverbs 4, 1 through 4. He said, hear ye children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine, but forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also, said unto me, let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. See, he says, hear ye children, the instruction of a father. And then he said, he taught me also. And so we can see the father in the house instructing, teaching. But we also see in this place here, the role of the mother. The mother is, she's a supporter of what the father has been teaching. Solomon says, 
I was tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. And Solomon told us that the father is not only the teacher in the home, the mother's a teacher in the home. In Proverbs 1.8, it says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. In Proverbs 6.20, says again, My son, keep the commandments of the father's, thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. See, both the mother and the father are to be on the same page. They're to be instructing the children here. Like Paul said in, in, in Romans 12, 16, be ye of the same mind one toward another. And God loves to see a family like this. He loves to see the mother and the father and the children all on the same page. It's a great blessing that the Lord Jesus Christ, his coming was promised to Abraham. When he said in Genesis 12, 3, he said, I'll bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. See, he said, shall all the families of the earth. He didn't say for every person. He said the families is a special blessing on the families from the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ makes the families whole. When the whole family is centered around the Lord Jesus Christ, that's a blessing, a great blessing. And this family comes on as all the family, the mother and the father are all united Well, what we see here in this passage is Rebecca, the mother, and her son, just the opposite. Just the opposite. It's a terrible picture where we see the mother teaching her son to lie to her husband. The mother teaching her son to lie to his father. What a horrible division she brought to her home. It's terrible to see a mother teaching her son to lie. And when we look at this scene, we want to cry out, no, 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 stop that, Rebecca, stop. That's not right. A mother should not teach her son to lie. So this is a dysfunctional family. This is a great dysfunction in this family. But you know what's amazing? It's amazing that to realize that in spite of Rebecca teaching her son to lie, that God was still in the middle of all this. He was chashaving. He was weaving all these things, these terrible things, into somehow he made it good. Like it says in Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good. But to them that love God, to them who call according to his purpose. See, that's because God is making it work together for good. He's weaving. He's chashaving. And what we see Rebecca doing here is mixing everything up. She's mixing. She's making everything a mess. She's mix up. You know, in Yiddish, we have a special word for that. We say mishigas. Mishigas. It means all mixed up comes from German, German, you know, gemischte, mischegans in German, you know, but, in, but of course, you know, the Jews never speak language the same way, so they have to change it, so that's how you get Yiddish, you know? So it's mischegas, very important word in Yiddish. I heard that a lot when I was growing up. I made a lot of mischegas. <laughs> you try, try to say that word, say that word, mischegas, say it. Oh, yeah, very good, okay. Now you're, you're one step closer to speaking one of the two languages in heaven, Hebrew and Yiddish. That's if you don't speak the King James English. So all this, uh, all this in Genesis 27 is nothing short of mishigas. It, it, it's just not right. But Romans 8.28 teaches us that God takes all of our mishigas, everything we've mixed up in life, and he miraculously makes it work together for good. But when God does that, he's saying to us, when God makes it all right, he's saying to us, don't do what Rebecca did. You know, don't try this at home <laughs> like she did. So what we see in Genesis 27 is, you want to call it a theme of Genesis 27? Mishigas. It's all mixed up. It's the theme. I mean, last week we came to verse 27, and Isaac is going to bless here. And it was very confusing even to kind of get everything straight because 
Isaac thinks he's blessing Esau. Esau thinks he's about to be blessed. Jacob is lying and saying that he is Esau, and Rebekah is going to take all these curses that Isaac is potentially going to throw on to Jacob. That's Mishigas. That's just all mixed up. But in the end, God straightens it all out. And knowing that God's going to straighten out all this Mishigas, we look at Isaac and his blessing, which we did. It started in verse 27, and we said, okay, even though Isaac thinks that he's blessing Esau, we overlook all that Mishigas because God's going to straighten it all out. And we say, okay, let's look at what he said. And we started doing that last week when he said, he, he promised that he was going to give to, he says, may God give you the dew of heaven. Great, precious thing, dew of heaven. I, mean, I learned something uh, wonderful about the dew from Clinton here. Told me after the class about a beetle, a special beetle in Africa, in the desert, in the Nami Desert there. There's a beetle, and this beetle is really tuned into the dew because it doesn't rain very often there. So every morning, these beetles are like, they, they like form an army. And they go marching up onto the high dunes there, the desert, just when the dew is about to come. And they stand on their head and create this like projectile up. And as the air comes in and the wind comes in, the dew forms on their body. And as it forms on their body, the droplet comes down to their mouth and they suck it right up. And then they go home. You know, so anyway, you know, and, and so we talked about last week, Hosea 14.5. God said, I will be as the dew unto Israel. And from Deuteronomy 32 too, my doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew. See those funny looking letters there in Hebrew? That's tal. That's the Hebrew word for dew. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, it's the spirit that quickens, the flesh profits nothing, the words I speak unto you, their spirit, their life. See, he's created this dew, many, many things to create us here, to teach us. One of the things is we can look at this beetle and we can learn about the importance of our quiet time. You know, every, every morning they get up at the right time. They don't have an alarm clock. How do they do that? Who programmed them to get up at the right time? We should have such a program. <laughs> Some of us like to sleep in. Hmm? But the beetle gets up at the right time, and they don't have to talk to each other and say, hey, Ralph, get up. You know, They get up, and they start this march up these dunes here. Why? Because they have expectancy. You know, One doesn't say to the other one, hey, Fred, you think we're going to get the dew today? What do you mean? Of course, we always get the dew. Keep going. We'll keep going. They don't do that. They have this expectancy. They get up there. They get quiet. They get in the right position. Dew comes miraculously. They drink. They live. That's us. We get up in the morning. We should get up in the morning. Get up in the morning. We go meet with God. We get quiet before Him. What happens? My speech shall distill as the dew. All of a sudden, the words become, oh, that's nice. And if it forms, like it for the water drop it forms on the beetle, we go, we take it in, we say, that's great. That's a word for me. It came from God. It's life. I'm going I'm to live off it all day today. And then tomorrow I'm going to go do the same thing, just like these beetles. So if we have trouble with quiet time, we have to go and learn from the beetles. So then, we, but, but he's coming here, uh, Isaac, uh, Jacob, I should say, and we see in verse 27, he came near and he kissed him. See what it says? It's very important to see this in verse 26 here, where he says, his father Isaac said unto him, come near now and kiss me, my son. See, this was a blessing that starts with a kiss. And Jacob kissed Isaac, um, even though Isaac thought that it was Esau kissing him. But anyways, that's part of the Mishigas, but it doesn't matter. The point is, is that Jacob kissed Isaac. Okay? And just as Jacob, who Isaac thought was Esau, but came near to Isaac to be blessed, before Jacob could be blessed by Isaac, Jacob had to kiss Isaac. 
And we see in verse 26 that before Isaac would bless Jacob, that Isaac called Jacob to come near to him and kiss him. His father, in verse 26, his father Isaac said unto him, come now, come near now and kiss me, my son. And so when we look at verses 26 and 27 together, and we read it like this, his father Isaac said unto him, come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him. See, Isaac is the blesser. Jacob is the one who's going to receive the blessing. Isaac wants to bless Jacob. Only thinks it's Esau, but that's part of the Mishigas. But Isaac wants to give the blessing because we see that in verse 4. He said in verse 4, that my soul may bless thee. And Jacob wants to receive the blessing. See, in verse 19, he says that thy soul may bless me. So everything is perfect. We've got Isaac that wants to bless in verse 4. We've got Jacob that wants to be blessed in verse 19. So let the blessing roll, right? No, not yet. Isaac requires a kiss. In verse 26, Isaac is requiring the one he is going to bless to come near and kiss him. See, he's requiring a kiss in verse 26. So before Isaac's going to bless Jacob, Isaac asked Jacob to come near and kiss him in verse 26. Jacob knows that before he can get the blessing, he's got to come near and kiss Isaac. So in verse 27, Jacob does that. He comes near and he kisses Isaac. Now let's just think about that. I mean, just, just kind of think about the dynamics here of what's happening in these two verses, 26 and 27. Let's just think about it a little bit. Let's just think about the dynamics of verse 26 of Isaac asking Jacob to come near and kiss him. And the dynamics in verse 27 of Jacob coming near and kissing Isaac to receive the blessing. I mean, let's just play this out a little bit. Let's just play this out a little differently. Let's just say that everything is the same up until this point. Verse 4, Isaac wants to bless. Verse 19, Jacob wants to be blessed. But let's just say, and, and verse 26... Isaac says, I require a kiss before I give my blessing. Now, let's just kind of stop the reel here and play it out differently. And let's just say that Jacob said, a kiss? No way. I hate you. You know, a kiss? I can't stand you. You know, a kiss? I can't stand to get close to you. I don't like the way you look. I don't like the way you smell. I don't like to hear your voice. I don't like anything about you. You make me sick. I would rather die than get close to you. If I have to kiss you, I'll vomit. You make me sick, just the sight of you makes me sick. Let's say Jacob said that. Kiss, forget this kiss stuff. All I want is the blessing. Just give it to me, old man, and die. Because I'm not interested in you. I'm just interested in this blessing. I want nothing to do with you. If Jacob would have said that, you think Isaac would have said, well, okay, (laughs) I don't really require a kiss. It's all right. I'll just give the blessing anyway, so you go your way with the blessing. I mean, you really think that Isaac would have given the blessing after Jacob said those things? No way. That's why verses 26 and 27 are so important to see. Because Isaac reserved the blessing for the one who loved him enough to come close and kiss him. Isaac required a kiss before the blessing. And Isaac is a picture of God, and Jacob is a picture of man. And just as verse 4 shows that Isaac wanted to bless, 
God wants to bless man. He wants to do that. God wants to bless man. We can see that in what the Lord said in Matthew 5.45. He says, You may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven, for he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sends his rain on the just and the unjust. And then in 1 Timothy 2.4, it's speaking about God. He said, He will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. All men want to be blessed by God. All men, they would rather, if it's all right, like to avoid a place of suffering for eternity. I mean, that's like Jacob in verse 19, wanting the blessing. I mean, all men would like, if it's all right, to go to heaven, streets of gold. It's not bad. Sounds pretty good. See, but God has one requirement for man, which he calls being wise and being instructed in Psalm 2, 10 through 12, where he says, be wise, now therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear, rejoice with trembling, kiss the Son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. See, just as Isaac had one requirement for the one to receive the blessing, he had to come near, he had to kiss him. God has one requirement for avoiding God's anger, for for not perishing, and it's to kiss the Son. Kiss the Lord Jesus Christ. That's his requirement. So, and what is a kiss? It shows this loving adoration. Loving adoration to the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the first commandment in the Shema, in Deuteronomy 6, 4, when it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God, with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy soul, they might. See, those verses in the Shema are really the same as Genesis 27, 26, 27 here. When God says in Deuteronomy 6, 5, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. It's the same as Isaac saying in Genesis 27, 26, come near now and kiss me, my son. See, if a person wants to be blessed by God, if a person wants, God's blessing of being saved from his sins. He wants God's blessing of his peace, God's peace that passes understanding. He wants God's blessing of going to heaven after death. Then like Isaac, God has one requirement. Love Jehovah Jesus with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Bow before the Lord Jesus Christ in loving adoration. But if a person says, well, that would make me sick because I can't stand this Jesus, then God doesn't give his blessing. It's like with Isaac. Because the kiss is required before the blessing comes. And it's not an outward kiss. It's a kiss from the heart. A heart that loves Jehovah Jesus with all the heart. And Isaac would not give his blessing to a person who said that he just wanted the blessing and forget all this kiss stuff. I mean, no more would God give his blessing to a person who said he just wants the blessing, but forget that kiss stuff. I mean, I have a friend who, who has this fatal disease, and he told me that he was jealous because the Christians he knows have the peace of God. And so he prayed with me the sinner's prayer because he wanted the peace. What do I got to do to get the peace? Pray this prayer? Fine. He had no interest in bowing the knee and loving adoration to the Lord Jesus. See, praying the sinner's prayer, that's no problem. I, I need the peace. I don't want to be agitated about dying. But he wanted nothing to do with this kiss stuff and loving the Lord Jesus Christ with all his heart. He just wanted the blessing. 
They wanted the verse 19 blessing from the Lord Jesus Christ without the verse 26 having to come near and kiss the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like Isaac. In verse 26, God says, no kiss from the heart, no blessing. Verse 26, Isaac meant no kiss, no blessing. Deuteronomy 6, 5, God meant no kiss, no blessing. See, the kiss is required before the blessing comes. If there'd be no kiss for Isaac, Isaac would have nothing to do with the blessing. Be no kiss for the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll have nothing to do with the blessing. The principle we see in Genesis 26, 27, 26 is the kiss before the blessing. And we see this loving adoration in a forgiven soul who shocked a group by her kiss. And if you'd like to turn to that, please, in Luke 7, 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. Now follow this now. we got a Pharisee that wants the Lord Jesus Christ to come in his house and eat. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet, verse 37. Behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat at the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, stood at his feet behind him, weeping, began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet... He would have known who and what manner of woman is this is that toucheth him, for she's a sinner. Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence, the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love the most? Simon answers, well, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. He said, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. He said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. Which started another controversy, but we won't go there. See, here we have an interesting scene of basically three persons. The Lord Jesus Christ is there, of course. The Pharisee who had invited the Lord Jesus Christ into his home for a meal. And this woman who was not invited into the home, but boldly came into the house of this Pharisee. And she was a famous woman in the city. She was famous for being a sinner. Everyone knew who she was. Everyone was aware of the defiling sins that she had done. But this woman came into the house to the Lord Jesus Christ for one purpose. She came in with an expensive alabaster box. Alabaster box was expensive itself, but of expensive ointment. And she stood behind the Lord Jesus Christ and just cried. And she cried and cried, and the tears ran down her face to the ground. And everyone who came to the Pharisee's house watched her in shock. And then she did something amazing. Without even being spoken to by the Lord Jesus Christ, the woman kneels down and washes the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ with her tears that were just streaming down her face. And she kisses his feet and she wipes them with the hairs of her head, and then she takes this expensive ointment and rubs it into his feet. 
something. And when the Pharisee, he saw this woman and what she was doing, he said within himself, not out loud, within himself, this is outrageous. The Pharisee thought, this was an outrage that this sinful woman would come into my house. And the Pharisee said, thought within himself, this is the ultimate outrage that this sinful woman would touch my guest, Jesus. And so the Pharisee concluded, I mean, obviously Jesus can't see into the heart of this woman. He can't see what she's done. And therefore, he can't be a prophet. He just can't be a prophet. So the Pharisee concludes that the Lord Jesus could not see the past sins of this woman. He could not see her current state of defilement. And therefore, he didn't know how sinful she was. Thank you for listening to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. If you would like to hear more of this message or other messages by Tom Cantor, visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or go to itunes.com and search for the Friendship with God podcast. All messages are cataloged by date and all available for free listening and free download. You can also call us directly for more information at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening to Friendship with God with Tom Cantor. Join the Creation Earth History Museum for our 10th Annual Museum Day Family Festival, Saturday, September 26th. Hi, this is Jason Payne, museum curator. I want to personally invite you and your families to a free, fun-filled event including new exhibits, testimonies from leading scientific experts, meet NASA astronaut Colonel Jeffrey Williams, and many others. Activities for the entire family. So join us Saturday, September 26th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Go online to learn more at creationsd.org or call 619-599-1104. 619-599-1104.